0: My name's Michelle, for those of you that I haven't yet met. Now, we're, we're here, we're the first Sunday, True North Church, January 2017. But for me, I would say after Christmas, we have a fairly busy season as a staff here at True North Church leading up to Christmas. And so my new year really started on Boxing Day. That's the day where I start to stay in my pyjamas for as long as possible. So this year, I went, what day was what was that boxing day the 27th and then on the 28th I got out of my pajamas. It was it was a great achievement for me. I was relaxed. I heard there's a certain some other couple in staff that also did the same. And it has just been a great start to be able to relax and pause and just Look at what has happened in 2016. But as we start here at two, 2017 in January, in this place, as Pastor Ryan mentioned earlier, that we are going to kick into a series called I Choose. And it's a series that we're using from Life Church. You would have heard possibly of Pastor Craig Rochelle, he's the senior leader of that church. And we're going to unpack that over the next few weeks. And as a little bit of a heads up for what's coming next week, who in this place, who's honest, to say, now my husband has been alerting to the fact that maybe this is something that is in me more and more these days, but who would say in this place you're a bit of a control freak? Anybody? Next week, you got to, Geordie, you've got to sit up front, centre, get here, control the service, no, 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 come here, get up front, because next week we're going to unpack the choice to choose surrender over control. And that, so that's coming, and each week we're going to be looking at the different choices we make in our lives that are equal to where we are at today. So we're going to be unpacking that. It's going to be a lot of fun, and God's going to be moving and working in this place that as we unpack each week, the choices that we make will matter to who we are. And as we start this week, I want you to think about for a moment who we are at now, we can just take stock, I did that on the 26th, on the 27th, on the 28th. Who we are, we pause in this moment to think, where are we and what is the life choices that we've made up until this point, that as we sit, as we stand here today, who makes who we are today? And so we're gonna essentially look at all those choices that we have made that bring us to who we are today. And essentially, there's the decisions we're making today is gonna determine who we are tomorrow. The decisions we make today is gonna affect what happens and what we're like for our future. So our choices matter. So these next series, it's a series where I hope that you get to come each and every Sunday, get amongst it, be a part of it, so we can set up 2017 well as we make these choices and apply the word to our lives. Today, in order to introduce today's choice, Let me just ask you to imagine something. Are we ready? Imagine, Charlie, everybody loves you. Imagine everybody for a moment that no matter where you are, no matter what you do, everybody loves you. You're there. They love you. They think you're awesome. There's nothing you can do that is gonna think otherwise, everyone's gonna just think you are the girl, you are the guy, you are awesome, you are light, you are just the person. Can I bring you down? That's never gonna happen, is it? That is, the reality is that is never gonna happen. There's always gonna be people that you cannot please. There's always gonna be people out there that are not gonna agree with who you are and what you're about, is that right? Okay, so now imagine something, and not only this something, but I believe that this is the heart of God for each one of us, that God wants this to happen for each one. Imagine being so consumed by pleasing God that actually the approval of others doesn't matter, that actually the approval of others just pales in significance of what we're about when we are there to be pleasing God. And imagine waking up every single day with passion, with purpose, with knowing that what you're about is what God's about for your life. Imagine that. Imagine what we can be about as we go about doing what God is calling us to do. Not only is that possible, but I believe that's what God intends for each one of our lives. I believe that's what God intends for you and that's what God intends for myself is that we are following his plans and purposes for our lives. It's the choices that we make today. Is what we determine is what's gonna happen for us tomorrow, isn't it? And that this one is that I choose purpose over popularity. That for each one of us today, that as we unpack this, that we are gonna choose purpose over popularity, if you want to, there's a choice. I wonder if we can say this together. We'll get it, let it sink deep. We can say it together. Say, I choose purpose over popularity. Okay. So the problem is, for many of us, by default, we actually choose the opposite, don't we? It's actually easy to listen to that voice that says otherwise. It's actually easy to listen to somebody say this about you or that about you or whatever. And it's sometimes hard or distracting to actually hear what God is saying about you and to let that sit with you. And so what we always go about, what do you think of me? What do you think? Am I good? Am I okay? Is this going good? The problem is if we don't know the purpose of the thing, all we can do sometimes, we, we go about, we misuse what that thing is. Think about it. If we don't know the purposes of our lives, we end up experimenting with it at times. We end up experimenting and doing different things as we don't know what that purpose for our life is. And if you don't know the purpose of the thing, all you do sometimes is misuse that thing. Story I'd love to share that um, Jeff and I, now married, but many moons ago, 20 plus years ago, we were going to church on a Sunday morning, and so we picked up his girls, and one of them particularly was looking gorgeous. She was all dressed up in her cute little dress. She's like this high, and she decided for church this morning, she's gonna bring her doll, and her doll was dressed beautifully. She was dressed in her little dress also, and then we look at the doll. And there's a thing. She thought that it would be great for the doll to have a dummy for church, But she didn't have a dummy, so she thought, I'll improvise, and I'll put this thing around the doll's neck. It had a string, it had a dangly thing, it almost fitted in the mouth, but in fact, that thing was not designed for a dummy. That thing was a woman's hygiene product. If you don't know what it is, Josh, you can ask maybe somebody else next to you. I'm not going to say it today. But... (laughs) So she's going about strutting along, ever so cute. She's dressed in her dress. The doll's dressed in her dress. The doll has a thing in its, dangling around its neck. It's every so practical. You know, it had the string. It's a thing. It can go in its mouth. And we're about to walk into church. So we had to, I don't know how we worked it, but it, it got rid of it. That wasn't going to happen for a Sunday. But that thing was definitely not designed to be a dummy and certainly not designed to be displayed on a Sunday at church for the doll. So the problem is that the purpose of that thing clearly wasn't being used for what it was intended for, let alone, as I said, in church. So here's the problem for many of us. We don't know the purposes of our life. And if you don't know the purpose of a thing, don't ask the thing. We need to ask the creator of the thing. If we don't know the purposes of our life, we need to ask the creator of that. What we do so often is ask other people. I'm a thing, you're a thing. Hey, thing, what do you think of my thing? Tell me my purpose. Am I good enough? Am I, am I liked Do you like my clothes? Do you like my jeans? Do you like my shoes? Do you like my house? I got a new house. I posted a a picture on Instagram. It filtered. It captioned. It was a great thing. Did you like it? Do you like it? It was great. I went to this great restaurant. It's real fancy. Everyone knows about it. Do you like that? And what we do is we look for the opinions of others. Am I valued? Do you like me? But rather, before long, that all we're doing is looking for the approval of other people. Do I fit in? Am I good enough? Do I measure up? Do you approve of me? We're trying to find our meaning in what other people think and we're forgetting that God has created us for a divine purpose. That God has created for you and for myself a divine purpose in his plans. And if you wanna know what that purpose of that thing, you don't ask the thing but you ask the creator of the thing. And here's a thought. If you're taking notes today, I'm going to take a drink. Pastor Riley, he's in the room. He might not be. He preached Sunday night and he said, pause, take a drink. It amounts to effect. So I did that, implemented that. A great message, but you should listen to it. Grab online. But here's the thing. Living for the approval of people keep you from the purposes of God. Living for the approval of people, keep you from the purposes of God. Anytime we are consumed with what people think about us, it is taking us away from what God thinks about us. Anytime we are worrying about what people are saying about us, it is taking away from the purposes of God for us. If we think that we are obsessed with people and what they're thinking, that is a distraction from what God is saying and God is wanting to do in your life. So I want to challenge you today that as we make a choice, that today we make a choice because we are the sum total of the choices that we make. To choose purpose over popularity, to choose purpose over popularity, and I want to give you an example of this. It's. Um, A person that we we hear about in the Bible in Hebrews where the author writes about Moses. And to give you a bit of context on that, Moses was a guy who was born a Hebrew slave and he was adopted and essentially into Pharaoh's family. He was adopted in this family where it was lavish, it was royal, everything was extravagant. He had everything there and he was adopted into this family. And even though he could have lived this life of comfort, lived this life with everything laid out for him, he chose calling over comfort. He chose not that path, but he chose to what God was calling him to do. Even though he could have very easily given in, given into this popular opinion that, you know, come and be a part of this and enjoy what is laid out for you, this guy, he chose that purpose over popularity. And here how it, sta- it states it in Hebrews 11:24. 24. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. What did he do? Here's the word. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as a greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Why? Because he's looking ahead for his reward. What did he do? He chose purpose over popularity. He chose calling over comfort. And we can take a moment to look at this word purpose. For some of us, you can think that I haven't had that big alarm bell of purpose over my life. It certainly hasn't been the case for me where we can get caught up and stuck because we haven't had this big revelation boom moment of you, this is the purpose for your life. So I'm wanting to disarm and dismystify this word purpose, capital P, purpose, over your life to say that, you know, perhaps you haven't been called to be a missionary and go and save the world or cure cancer or whatever it might be. Perhaps that hasn't been the story of your life or it could have. But what I wanna do for a moment today is to don't think capital P purpose, but for a moment to think lowercase p purpose for each one of our lives. That for today and for tomorrow and for the moments to come that we are thinking about not just this one big capital P purpose moment, but I want you to think about day after day, month after month, moment after moment, That you serve God with the lowercase p purpose moments. That God is going to call you to these lowercase p purpose moments where no one may see you or even know what you are doing. But they are moments where God has positioned you and purposely placed you to be able to be fulfilling that purpose. So sometimes we can get caught up on the big capital P purpose moments and just sometimes disabled altogether, because it's like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't have a thing, I don't have a purpose, I don't know what I'm about. But in fact, for many of us, daily, we are called to lowercase p purpose moments in and out throughout our days. You may be talking to someone, you recognise, actually, my purpose here is to encourage that person, lowercase p moment. My purpose here. There's a need, I see the need, I'm going to feel the need, lowercase purpose moment. This person, she just needs a little bit of prayer, lowercase p-purpose moment. And then as that happens, as we are faithful in those lowercase p-purpose moments, wow, God uses those moments He meets where you're moving and you're moving in those lowercase p moments, p-purpose moments. And you have moment after moment where it's like, oh, God's used me, God's used me. And there's many of us that recognise that in our lives where there's those small little things. No one sees you, but God is using you. You may have a boss who's psycho and just crazy, not my boss, but you may. And God has positioned you and he has called you and he has placed you. To be able to be praying for that boss, be praying, he won't know, no one will know, but the purpose of God for your life is to be praying intentionally for that boss. There are many moments that sometimes we can oversee and miss because it's not this big flashing P purpose moment, but to encourage you that in the lowercase P purpose moments that God is wanting to use us what I want you to do is think about these lowercase P purpose moments in this moment and recognise over and over that as Paul states that with walking in the spirit, that God is moving us, that God is placing us, that God is intentionally putting us in situations where he goes, you know what? This is your moment. This is your moment. It's your lowercase P purpose moment. And I need you to be doing whatever it is. Pray, fill the need, whatever it may be. Be that encouragement. Then one day, you're going to be busy going about these lowercase p moments, and he's going to give you more. And he's going to expand that. And he's going to entrust to you that as we are faithful in the small things, he gives us bigger things, doesn't he? As he is faithful in the little things, as we are faithful, that he gives us more. That over time, that as we are continually faithful in that, God entrusts us with more things. And then, wow, now God is using me more significantly. This looks like a medium P now. I'm in this position where there's a bit more where God is using me and stretching me. And over time, we recognise that I was created for this. That I was created for Where I am, where God's moving me, where God's positioned me, I am creator for this. You may not have thought that way back then. But then he moves us and gives us a little bit more, stretches us and grows us to a point where we stay there and we're almost surprised. I know that's a fact for my life that, you know, over 18 years ago, sitting in a church service for the first time at Whitford Church, raising my hand saying, I will go and paint someone's house, a single mum's house. And it's been year upon year upon purpose, little lowercase purpose on purpose, on purpose, on purpose, where I find myself here. Did I set out as a big purpose? Did I know at the age of five I wanted to be a pastor? No way. In fact, I would have turned and run the other way. So what God is warning us to do, I believe, is don't miss the lowercase p purpose moments in our lives. You know, you may be sitting here and you're new to True North Church and you may think, well, you know, I want to I wanna be a part of this church. I want to be a part of doing something here. Like me, 18 years ago, I put my hand up and went and painted someone's house and it never stopped from then. Maybe you're here today and you like, I want to be a part of this. You can go out into the foyer and in the what's on desk. You can say, I want to be a part of the team. I want to join a team. Doesn't matter where I am or maybe it does, whatever it is, we'll find something for you. But the lowercase p, purpose, moments are moments not to miss. They are moments not to miss. And there are powerful, powerful times when you encounter God in those moments, I believe. Now, I'm going to give you three thoughts today about power in purpose. And the first thought is purpose diminishes distractions. There is power in purpose. And one thing that purpose does, it diminishes distractions. That when you are inside of knowing what you're about, what you're doing, distractions will come, but you are fixed on what you're about. And for us, for many of us, one of the biggest distractions is, for many of us, would be the fact that we compare ourselves to the people around us. That we compare ourselves, we, we evaluate how we fit into the people around us, where, we, where we're where sitting is all reliant on those people around us. And this distraction can keep us from the purposes of God. What do they think? What is she doing? Do I fit in with that? I'm not, I don't think I'm part of that crowd. What am I going to do? I don't fit in and I'll get isolated. Before long, we compare, we compare, compare ourselves to those around us. She's already finished college. I'm on the 11 year plan. I don't even intend on finishing college or they've paid off their house and they have bought a house. I don't even have a deposit for a house. All these things that we rattle through our, our minds that distract us and diminishes the purpose for what we are called for. The curse of comparing can sometimes stop us from the purposes that God has laid out for us. Purpose diminishes all of those different distractions. An example of this in the Bible is Nehemiah in the Old Testament. And if you don't know this story, Nehemiah was heartbroken at the thought that the walls had come down and that he was there and his heart was broken at this thought. And he was was there at the time and he's like, what do we do about this? There's something in him that drove him to wanna do something about that. And for some of us, we we may have moments in our life where you know there's something in us that almost riles up and gets angry almost at the thought of something that is not happening. And perhaps in there, if you study that, you look at that deep down, perhaps there's purpose in that feeling. Perhaps there's purpose that's bubbling up in and through all of what's happening. In Nehemiah it says, I can't stand this, somebody has got to do something about this, it might as well be me, it might as well be me, I'm a great leader, there's something impossible that he is doing, he gets up on that wall and he's got a ladder, he's climbed up the ladder, he's placing stones in place, he's gathered people, he's working away, doing the job and then suddenly, two enemies of God's plan come and they're shouting insults at him and they're saying you can't do this this is impossible you're never going to be able to get it done and people are around there and they're crashing down on what he th- what the purposes of what he's doing how many of you know that as we get about the purposes of God sometimes distraction comes sometimes voices come that say you can't do that that's not for you. Maybe for them, but not for you. The voices come. But in fact, Nehemiah goes on and he says, he, he's working away and he's got the voice of doubt and discouragement screaming at him and he's on top, placing stones, getting about, getting it done. He looks down. And I love what he says. This is basically what he says. I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for that. I am going about what God has, has put in front of me and I ain't got time for that. I ain't got time for those voices. I ain't got time for people pulling me down. I ain't got time to say that I can't do this. I ain't got time for that. This is what he actually says. Sorry, guys, I am doing a great work and I can't come down. I can't come down. I am doing a great work. I am fulfilling God's purposes in this moment and I can't come down. I can't be distracted by your opinions. I'm doing what I was created to do. And your voice is not gonna stop me from doing that. I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. So perhaps you're in the midst of something, distractions coming, let that sit with you. I can't come down. I can't be distracted. I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. I think we need to sometimes internalize that, stop and hold on to that. To know that distractions will come. We're not void of that but then to have a clear resolve that I can't come down, that I am doing a great work and I am not going to stray away from what God has put in front of me. There's a lowercase p purpose moments in our lives and they just stack up and they stack up and they stack up. And they amount to bigger and more responsible responses that God is calling you to, that He is entrusting you to with greater things in front of you. You might feel like you're called to stay at home and be a stay-at-home parent and raise those kids, and people are saying, well, why are you doing that? You could be out, you could be making money, you could be doing great, you're a great business person or whatever it is, and you're saying, I'm doing a great work, I am doing a great work. What I am doing is something special. What I am doing is raising kids that will go on and serve the Lord. I am doing a great work and I can't come down. Purpose diminishes distractions. This is what I'm called to do in this moment. This is what I am called to do in this moment. And I can't come down. I'm not living for the approval of people. I'm living for the purposes of God. And secondly is purpose pushes through the pain. Whenever you have purpose, there is pain that sometimes comes with that, that you've got to push through. There is a motivation for that. As you read in the Bible, there are many others that have gone before us that have had to push through pain, whether that be Moses or David or Mary or Esther, Jesus. There has been many that come before us that has had to push through the pain to be able to go about their purposes. And I know we are, not, we are not excluded from that. There will be times in our life where there will be painful moments that we have to push through. But the purposes of God will be the thing that we hold, hold on to, that we keep pushing through on. You know, they can't understand because you're doing a great job. They can't, maybe there's people that are calling at you from the sidelines and they may not understand that you're about doing what God has set out for you and they don't understand. Along the way, you recognize I'm doing this for the great reward as Moses did. There's a greater value in serving God's purposes than for the approval of others. And when we talk about pushing through pain as a, as a woman, having three children, the pain that immediately comes to my response is giving, child, giving birth to children. And so as we do that, we know that we know what we're in for, we know what we're up for, and yet we choose that. We choose that we are gonna push through this moment because the reward, the outcome for what we're gonna have to endure, contraction after contraction, excruciating pain, is we get this beautiful gift from God, don't we? We get this beautiful baby and we push through that. For me myself, I'm not great in hospitals. I um tend to faint when I visit people. I don't like needles. I don't like blood. I don't like people being hurt, basically. So then I go to visit sometimes. I visited this young kid at church when I was a children's pastor, and I quickly got out of there. Before I fainted, I told the mum, I need to go right now because I'm going to faint. Nurses caught me. It was all good. Went and visited my auntie, fainted, and all those things. But when it comes to so the birthing of these children and this natural natural childbirth, so much better, no needles, no nothing included, that there is the pain that happens through those moments that for some reason or not, it's tolerable, right? Can I say that to the women in the place? It is, <laughs> it is, and then there is this pushing through what is so painful to know that, There is this reward that is at the end of it. There is this reward that we get to have that is our our child. There's a certain sense of there is going to be painful moments in our purpose. There's going to be moments where people take shots at us. There's going to be moments when there's resistance against us. There's going to be moments where things don't go to plan as we want them to but purpose is gonna push us through it. That purpose is gonna push us through any amount of pain that we endure, any amount of pain that we may face, any resistance that may wanna hold us back. Purpose will send us through that. Purpose will send us through that. When you recognize this is what I'm supposed to do, critics won't be able to stop you. Critics won't be able to stop you. Opposition won't deter you pain's not going to slow you down, when you are on that path of purpose that God has planned for you, that you are going to push through and you're going to know that you are created for this, that you are created for this. This is a little P purpose moment and this is something that God is calling me to do and I am going to get that thing done. I'm going to be faithful to God in this moment and what does it do? It's this, this little P purpose moment. And that will diminish any distraction. And thirdly, the purpose empowers you to please God. This is what Moses tapped into at the end of that scripture. He faced it from his enemies. He faced it from Pharaoh. Let's face it. He faced it from all the people complaining at him over that time. He faced all this, um, all this negativity coming opposition against him. But it didn't stop him. The purpose empowered him to keep going. Why? Because he's all about pleasing God. He was all about pleasing God. It wasn't about all the whinging, whining people that were alongside with him. No, it was about he is fixed in on pleasing what God has for him. This is what I was created to do. This is what I'm made for. And you can't talk me out of doing what I'm called to do. It's a little bit like in the New Testament where Peter and John and some of the other apostles, they are the religious leaders of the time. And they were told, you can't be preaching in that name. You can't do it anymore. They'd been beaten, they'd be put in jail. They'd been told that you have to stop. You can't be preaching in this name. And it's incredibly funny that 2000 years ago, you can talk about spiritual things and you can talk about God and you can talk about things, but when it comes to the name of Jesus, it's somewhat hard to talk about in places. And so things haven't changed. So they've had all this opposition. And what do they say to that? They Essentially, they say, we can't help but talk about it. We can't help but talk about it. In other words, you see, I've been transformed and I can't help but talk about this name that has transformed me. When you've been forgiven the way we have been forgiven, you can't help but talk about the name that has has set me free when you've seen what I have seen, when you've experienced the love of Christ that I've experienced, that you can't stop me from preaching the name of Jesus Christ. Their purpose was clear. Prison wasn't going to stop them. People weren't going to stop them. That they were on that path of doing what they were set out to do. They replied back and said, in Acts 5.29, we must obey God rather than human beings. For many of us, we get stuck on that sometimes, don't we? We must obey God rather than human beings. We must obey God rather than the voices that may sit next to us or stand next to us at times. And I love this, because we can't please man. We can't please everybody. But boy, do we try, don't we? (laughs) Sometimes we try real hard to please that person right next door to us, but we just cannot please them. But living to please God Living to play, um, work out the purposes of God in our life is is what we're about, is what we're called to do, is what we're, we're called to be a part of. You can't please everybody, can you? We got that clear. We, we did that little exercise earlier on, imagine that everyone loved you. It was a complete waste of time because that's never going to happen for any of us, that no one is always... Not everybody's going to always love you. However, what we do get to do is that we can work out ways that we please God. We can live out ways that we please God in our everyday. When we live by faith, we are living to please God. Whenever we're obedient in those little purpose moments, that we are pleasing God in those moments. That we are going about the small things that please God, that has positioned you to be able to do that. Whenever we die to ourselves and live for Christ, we are pleasing God in those moments. It is one of the freeing moments that we get to have is when we die to self and be able to live for Christ. We can't please everybody else, but ultimately their opinion really doesn't matter <laughs> when we're about doing what God is calling us to do. We are set free from the opinions of others. We are set free from what their thoughts are, and we just cannot Please, every one of them. We are called to live according to the purposes of God and I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. I am doing a great work and I can't come down. Your opinion doesn't matter that much to me. You can make fun of me all day long. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm sitting up on that wall. It just doesn't matter. But they can. all those thoughts and all those opinions really don't wait at all in accordance to what God is calling us to do. I want to look at that verse again. Moses regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as what? As of greater value than the treasures in Egypt. Why? Because he is looking ahead for that great reward. There is value in being liked by people. And he knows there's greater value in being loved by God. You know, there's, there's good, there is value in li- people liking you. But there is greater value in how God loves you. There is value in starting something important. There's greater value in finishing something for the glory of God. There is value in being popular, but there is greater value in being faithful to God's purposes. Just uh, just tell yourself for a moment to be faithful in the moment. Just to be faithful, be present, and be working in that moment. They can say whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. But to say to ourselves that in this moment, that God, I'm doing this for you, that I am doing this for you. And the band can come up and as I I finish up, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, we are making choices. And today we are that some choice of all those choices we have made. For me, 44 years of making choices had led me to where I am today. And for yourself, the same. But then as we look on to 2017 and the start of the year, the choices that we make today are gonna determine where we end up January 2018. It's gonna determine where we we are tomorrow. You'll have a choice to make over and over and over again. Am I living for others or am I living for God? Am I living for those purposes of God? Or am I living for the approval of people? And as we finish up there, what I'd love to do in this place as we wrap up is to pray for anybody that in January 2017, that we are going to make a choice to say that God, I want to live for your purposes. That God, at the start of 2017, that I want to live for the purposes of you. That there is no distraction, no um, opinions, no other things that are going to distract me from what you are calling me to. And how I want to do that today, if if you feel comfortable with, I would love for you to stand where you are, as I include myself and you in a prayer as we finish up today. So if you'd love to stand, if you want to respond to that, I'd love to pray for you um, to be able to stand for 2017, for God's purposes, for your life and for my life.